Ah, beloved. I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. It's his bona fide Bible talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. That's how we're going to lead this one off. And no, this is not a translation of the golden rule. That's not what we're doing today. This is the ethos that is going to guide this particular episode. The golden rule. I'm going to do to folks what I wish folks would do to me. And that is correct the record. So on the first ever episode of the New Living Translation, which won't even that long ago, it feels like forever ago. It feels like I've been doing this for years, but that was sometime last year. I dealt with an episode in John chapter 8 between Jesus and, as the text says, the Jews. Now, the title of the episode was Clapback King Jesus. And what I was trying to highlight was how Jesus handled people that he disagreed with, how he handled people dissing him, whether sneak dissing or right in front of his face, what that looked like. But in doing so, I think I glossed over a lot of the work I need to do to set the scene for what was actually transpiring there. The Gospels, and the Gospel of John in particular, have contributed to what is essentially anti-Semitism in a lot of Christian thought, discourse, and even theology over the ages. And while Christians over the past century or so have gotten a little bit better at acknowledging that fact and trying to address it I think it's something that we all got to do a little bit better with for instance it should always be noted that if and when Jesus is talking to quote unquote the Jews that Jesus was and is a Jewish man that Jesus is talking to his own people that Jesus is having an in-house discussion and when we are not in the house we ought to be careful with our words and how we're characterizing those discussions i should be clear now in the exchange that i included from john chapter 8 in that first episode of the new living translation the people that jesus was talking to weren't portrayed in a positive light there was clearly some animosity being portrayed between jesus and this group of people he was talking to at the time that comes across in that episode the problem then becomes is when we attribute that animosity to all of the jewish people across all of the ages and all of the times and that is a trap that we've fallen into over and over again we see an interaction between jesus and a pharisee or a group of pharisees or some jewish people and we attribute that to say that this is the problem that jesus had with his jewish faith and that's just not fair like Let me try to find a situation in our current context that is somewhat similar. Let me back this up and hopefully try to clarify and explain where I'm coming from and how I see this. I'm not sure how many of you guys might have been aware of this, but I am a black man. I've been one my entire life. Well, no, that's not true. At one point, I was a black boy. I became a black man at somewhere along that journey but all I know is being black that is my experience and before my hairline betrayed me and left me for dead I spent some time in barbershops now the barbershop 
is an experience. It's always a vibe. Like I've been to barbershops, they had video games for kids, adults too. It was allegedly for the kids, but I seen mad adults playing on the PlayStation when I was in a barbershop. Sometimes they got a TV with the game on. Sometimes they be playing movies, often of the bootleg variety, but this is not a tape recorder saying that they did it. But the barbershop's always popping. And one of the things about the barbershop, when they get to having conversations, a lot of times you see some debates. You see some people arguing. And it's not often coming from a bad place. Sometimes people get loud and they're shouting, but it's not out of anger. People want to be heard. People disagree. And at the end of the day, it's all love. It doesn't mean that you hate the people in that barbershop. It doesn't mean that you're condemning them to hell. It doesn't make them an enemy. Sometimes y'all just disagree and that's the way it's going to be. Disagreement is a simple reality of being in community with other people. But a lot of times we look at disagreements occurring right in front of our faces in the Bible and then we attribute that to something much greater. It's almost as though we assume that if there's disagreement here, then there must be animosity. And if there's animosity here, there must be condemnation. And if there's condemnation there, then we must carry that forever. And I don't think that that's all the way the case. I think sometimes there are in-house discussions and we need to mind our business. We have all sorts of in-house discussions that happen in barbershops and whatever our communal areas may be. And if somebody who ain't part of that community want to pipe in, then they'll often rightfully get put back in their proper place. You need to get back in your business. So right now, I want to look at a passage in Mark's gospel. And I want to set the scene before we get there, because Mark chapter 12 takes place with Jesus teaching in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, this is not necessarily a peaceful occasion right now. Jesus has just finished staging this demonstration where he started making some noise in the temple. He goes in there, he starts turning over tables, kicking some people out like, hey, y'all doing this wrong. I don't like how y'all kicking it. Jesus post up, he occupies the temple. He starts teaching in the temple. And then there's this series of disagreements. First, there is this disagreement with some people that the text describes as scribes and Pharisees over the matter of paying imperial taxes to Caesar. Then there's this disagreement with a group that the text describes as Sadducees over the matter of resurrection. And then there's this interaction that we about to cover in just a moment between Jesus and a scribe. A scribe, somebody whose job it is to copy text. They're like clerics of sorts. Kind of like a secretary almost, but not quite. But that's the words you're going to end up hearing in the translation. Jesus has an interaction with them when they question him about the greatest commandment, this Torah, this idea of which of these laws that we hold so near and dear, which of these codes that we abide by in community should we be prioritizing? And it's interesting in light of all of these disagreements, these discussions that at the heart of the matter is how do we govern ourselves as a community in light of the revelation that we've carried for generations? With that in mind, I want to have some quick bona fide Bible talk about Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Let's go. So one of them secretaries came up and since he heard the debate and saw Jesus hold his own, he asked Jesus which commandment was the most important. Jesus said, most important is this. Check it out, Israel. Our God is one. 
And you should love your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole mind, and with all your strength. The second most important is right here. You should love your neighbor like you love yourself. Ain't nothing more important than these two. The secretary said to Jesus, <laughs> Good sir, you ain't said nothing but a word. Ain't no God but our God. And loving him with our whole heart and everything we know and all the strength we got, loving our neighbors like we love ourselves, is more important than all the offerings and sacrifices. Jesus seen wisdom in his answer and said, You ain't too far from God's kingdom. And ain't nobody try him after that. What I talk about clearing the record at the top of this episode and doing to other people as I would like them to do unto me, I mean, I don't want things taken out of context. And here in this passage, we see that Jesus has an interaction with another member of his Jewish community in which there's all sorts of disagreement and debate leading up to the moment, but there is still room for agreement. When Jesus sits there and articulates that the greatest commandment, what we all ought to be pushing after, regardless of what our disagreements about taxes are, regardless of what our disagreements about resurrection are and whatever those theologies might be, our greatest pursuit ought to be loving the God that we all claim to serve and loving our neighbors. And then there is common agreement right there. Jesus says, you know what? You are not far from the kingdom of heaven in that moment. We see that Jesus is part of a community and that even though there may be disagreements, even though there may be time for shouting matches, that at the end of the day, Jesus's goal was not to sit there condemning all of them. Jesus's heart, his desire, his goal, his aim was to see community lived out the most faithful way possible. And sometimes that means that the words come off a little harsher, but it's in the context of community. It's an in-house discussion, and people get to do that. That's why I get to say certain stuff about Kanye West and Herschel Walker out of the context of my community and how it reflects on us that some people listening to this ought not say because you going to come off a certain way if you say the same words that I say when you're not part of this in-house discussion. Matter of fact, Part of the reason Kanye out there sounding goofy right now and spewing all the anti-Semitic tropes and everything is because we've normalized hopping in other people's in-house discussions, generalizing things that did not apply to us in the first place and having that become a part of our ethos. And I think that that needs to stop. When we look at that passage in Mark, the passage that we just read, the one that we just translated, we see that all of a sudden, Animosity is not the only thing that rides through these communities. That there is also a common code of ethics. In this case, it is the Torah, right? The law that each of these people are trying to find the best way to hold and to express and to guide their lives. And they say, which is the most important commandment? And Jesus says it's to love God with our heart, our mind our soul, our strength, because there is one God. That's the greatest commandment. And the next one is to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. It's two sides of the same coin. And there's agreement there. 
there's disagreement as to what that looks like and how all of that stuff ought to be expressed and how it manifests in our theology. But there's agreement in what this law looks like for this community. And sometimes we have to acknowledge the fact that in in-house discussions, there's room for disagreement. There's room for debate. There's room for arguing. Every now and then, some names might get called. But when there is agreement, you're allowed to do those things. And the moment that you're no longer a part of that community, the moment you're not in that in-house discussion, you really ought to watch how you cover those discussions. You really ought to watch how these things happen. We ought to look for agreement because at the end of this exchange, Jesus says, you know what? This kingdom that I've been talking about this whole time, you almost there. You know what? We we might can get on the same page. And it says that after that, people quit trying Jesus. And all of this happened in the context of community, the same community that Jesus felt called to serve and to lay his life down for. And so when we read all of these accounts of all of these in-house discussions and we see enemies of Jesus and people that we ought to be condemning and looking for analogs in our current landscape. What we're really saying is that the people that Jesus felt called to serve are the people that we ought to be condemning nowadays. And that seems kind of backwards to me. Because when you're having these in-house discussions and when you're doing community, there's going to be a whole lot of room for disagreement. But that's between you and your people. One of the things I hope is that uh, people don't get too comfortable taking my words out of the context in which they were said. And so, like I said at the top, I'm going to do for others like I wish they would do for me. And recognize that Jesus was a man who loved his people. That Jesus loved the community that he chose to take part in. That every word that we see is Jesus living out this ethic that says the greatest commandment is that there is one God, a God that ought to be loved with all of our hearts, our souls, our minds, and all of our strength, and that that love ought to lead us to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. And if you can get jiggy with that, we might disagree on a whole lot of other stuff, but we ain't too far from the kingdom. Let's pray together. Almighty God of Israel, Father of Christ the Savior, I ask that in this moment that you would grant us the wisdom to learn how to navigate community. Not only to create safe spaces for those that we encounter on a regular basis, but to respect the autonomy and the humanity of those communities around us that we don't fully understand. Help us to be better neighbors because it is through that love for the people around us, that people will come to know the love that we have for you. So by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to love like Jesus did. So that when all is said and done, people might come to know a God who has created the world and a God who has created us for community and a God who called all that good. In the name of Jesus, we pray amen. Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. 
That's the number three, not spelled out, black men. You can find me on all social media platforms at PastorTray05. That's PastorTray05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time ago. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar. <laughs>